Even though we'd love to think otherwise, just because we're on vacation does not mean our body is. I'll be the first to admit that I am really bad at thinking about my health and my body while I'm on vacation. But a couple days into my trip, I always end up with a stomach ache and in bed way earlier than everybody else because I haven't been making it a priority. Hoping to avoid health-related regrets on your next trip? You're in the right place. Here are my tips for staying healthy while on the road. Kayla on the Road, the podcast is all about sharing stories about life on the road and at home as a digital nomad. Through stories, tips, and interviews, I want to inspire you to create your own travel memories by taking the overwhelm out of planning. Join me every week for a beer and a laugh as I recount some of my favorite travel stories, even the not-so-perfect ones, all while chatting logistics about planning your next or first trip abroad. Hey, and welcome to episode 19 of Kayla on the Road, the podcast. My name is Kayla, and if you don't know me, I'm a small business owner who has a passion for travel. I travel with my fiance, Andrew, and I usually spend at least a couple months away from home every year. Unfortunately, with COVID, that is not the case this year. We may not have been on the road much at all this year, but we are getting ready for another trip. We're going to visit my family in Winnipeg soon, so I'm super excited about that. If you're a regular listener, you probably already know that earlier this year, I was diagnosed with a bunch of food sensitivities. We're talking dairy, we're talking eggs, we're talking wheat and gluten and yeast. So many things that it has made it so incredibly hard for me to make meals. But it's also made me realize how my body reacts to certain things. And it's kind of pushed it to become a priority when it comes to travel in the future. I have not really taken care of my body in the past while on vacation. I've been really, really mean to it. Before I dive into the content today, I just want to share a drink with you. So if you have a drink, please join me. If not, no big deal. Um, But today I'm opening up a quench hard seltzer. And this is from 13 Barrels, which is a brewery in Bathurst, New Brunswick. I've probably had one of their beers before on the show, but I'm not totally sure. Um, But I'm really interested to try it. Everyone's been coming out with the hard seltzers this year um, or the vodka sodas and stuff like that. Love me a good citrus drink. So cheers. Oh, that's nice. Gluten-free. It's got an interesting mouthfeel. It's not as crisp as like uh, um, some of the other lemon-lime sodas that I've had or vodka sodas or vodka seltzers and stuff like that. It's interesting. I really like it. Um, Yeah, I wonder if they have other flavors. We'll see. Let's dive into it right away. I just want to cover a bunch of different ways to keep yourself healthy while on the road. There is so much more than just what it comes to your physical being. It also comes down to how are you feeling mentally? How are you feeling emotionally? All of that is a really giant piece of the puzzle when we're talking about health. And that does not take a back seat while we're on vacation, even though we'd love to think that it does. Number one, the most important thing to do before you even leave home is to plan for your activities. I know I have done it a bunch of times where I think, oh, I'm on vacation. I don't want to go to the gym. So I don't plan to bring my sports bra or I don't bring pants that are the ones that I usually wear in the gym. And then I've gotten to my location and someone else has said, hey, let's go on a run or hey, let's go to the gym. And and I'm not ready. I can't even have the 
option to say, yes, I would like to go or no, I would not like to go. And so I think it's really important to plan ahead and bring those things so that you have the opportunity to use them if something arises. When Andrew and I went to Thailand, we did so much walking and I actually wasn't expecting it or prepared for it. I had brought shoes with me, but on one of our first days out just exploring the town, I decided to wear my sandals. And unbeknownst to me, we ended up doing something like 20,000 steps in a day. And to be honest, my feet were killing me by the time we got back to the hostel that night. It made walking miserable for the next week and a half. I'm so glad that we actually had three weeks there so that I could actually enjoy it by the end. But those first two weeks, I did not want to do any more walking. I didn't want to be on my feet and I didn't want to be exploring, even though that's what I was there to do. It kind of sucked. And I wish that I had put my shoes on the very first day instead of thinking, oh, it's hot outside. I'll just wear sandals. So lesson learned. I haven't done it since, but it's always something that I prepare for. I always bring a lot of extra socks. I always pack band-aids just in case there's a blister. I also make sure to break in my shoes before I leave on vacation because you don't want to be showing up in a new place, wanting to go on a hike or wanting to go on a run and seeing these new locations, but wearing shoes that are uncomfortable still. If you've caught one of the most recent episodes, Andrew and I were actually in the car discussing some of our worst travel days. And uh, one of those travel days surrounded the fact that I rolled both of my ankles within the span of five minutes. So needless to say, one of the things that I always pack when I'm traveling are my ankle wraps and my supports. Because when I'm going on a trek or I'm going across town on some uneven ground and things like that, I always want to make sure that I'm prepared for any type of ground that may pop up in front of me. I am notoriously bad for paying way too much attention to the things in front of me and not paying attention to my feet. And as someone who is kind of a klutz to begin with, it's not a very good mix. All right. So that's getting prepared. That's making sure that you have the proper equipment. One of the other things that's really important to remember when you're on vacation is that every little bit of movement and activity counts. You don't have to run a marathon every day or climb a mountain to make it feel like you have done something and been active while on vacation. Something as simple as walking for food or going sightseeing, but instead of taking a bus, walking a little bit to that, that that counts. And all of that adds up way faster than you would think. Andrew and I did some time in Norwich, England um, a couple of years ago. And on our weekends, we decided to go to London. And we ended up walking something like 30,000 steps in one day because we started walking and everything was so cool and everything was so new that we just kept walking and walking and walking and walking. We got back at the end of the day and were completely exhausted. But it was all great exercise that we weren't planning on getting and that didn't feel like exercise because we were moving and seeing things and learning new things. I always say one of the best ways to convince yourself that you're not exercising is to put some sort of activity on top of it. I do a lot of theater and the best way that I know how to memorize is actually walking on a treadmill. And you'd be so surprised how fast that hour and a half goes when you're sitting there memorizing lines. The same thing goes for when you're traveling and sightseeing. You're seeing new things, you're hearing new things, you're smelling and experiencing, and time seems to travel so much faster than in normal everyday life. Those 30,000 steps probably came out of nowhere. <laughs> 
Okay, so maybe you're not going to a destination like a Thailand or London where you're going to be doing a lot of walking. Maybe you're going to an all-inclusive resort where there's some pools and there's a beach. Keep in mind that swimming also counts as a physical activity that is keeping your body moving, that is growing muscles, that is helping your heart rate, everything like that. Swimming counts. (laughs) And I think it's so important to remember because often when we're on some of those all-inclusive vacations, we get in the pool and it's to cool off. And that's all we think of it. But in reality, swimming is one of the best ways to move your muscles, especially in a low impact kind of way. When I was in Porto de Galinhas after the Nomad Cruise last year, I stayed at a condo with a bunch of friends that had a pool. And one of the things that I like to do every single morning was grab a beer with my friend Adam. We'd head down to the pool and we would just hang out there for like an hour, two hours, just treading water and moving around. And it didn't feel like work. It didn't feel like we were doing anything strenuous. It didn't even feel like activity. But in reality, we were getting in almost an hour's worth of a good arm workout, a good leg workout, a good total body conditioning workout without effort. I guess that's the thing. The most important thing to remember when it comes to your health on vacation is that workouts don't have to feel like workouts. I have gone on things like zip lining tours where we did a bunch of walking and it didn't feel like work. I've gone snorkeling with turtles and that didn't feel like exercise. And yet I was in the water swimming for a good half hour. Every little bit counts. So what if you're someone who goes to the gym on a regular basis already? You don't have to put aside your gym routine just because you're on vacation. If you want to keep working out, chances are you can find an accommodation with some sort of gym facilities. Right now might be a little bit harder with COVID-19 and the new restrictions that have come in, but most hotels and even some hostels have gyms on the premises. If you don't have a hotel with a gym, it's so easy to find gyms within the cities that you're going to. If you're someone who's traveling around the States or around Canada or your home country and you have a gym membership that is usable all throughout the entire country, that's great. Find the moments where you can go and and work out. We do that sometimes when we're in Prince Edward Island visiting Andrew's family. We'll bring all of our gym stuff and we'll go to the gym with them. Or we'll just go to the gym, the two of us, so that we can keep up with our routine. I've gotten really bad at it recently, but maybe I'll pick it up in the new year. Much like your home gym, chances are the gyms that you are seeing while you're on the road have things like trial weeks or trial months or monthly or short-term pricing. One of the first things that Andrew does every time he's on vacation, if he doesn't have a gym in his hotel, is he searches the surrounding area to try and figure out where it is that he can work out. We did this once when we were in Norwich. We actually, Andrew and his coworker, scouted out the place beforehand and found this gym that offered short-term rentals. Even though most of their gym memberships were something like a month long. They let us do a half a month for half the price. We were working all the muscles that you wouldn't normally get to work if you were just on vacation and didn't have access to a gym. And it made us feel like a little bit of our normal routine was following us on vacation. If you're not that kind of person, then don't worry about it. But if you're the kind of person that wants to keep a routine and wants to feel a little bit of normalcy on their trip, gyms like this are a great option. One really important piece of advice that I have to give is that if you are not someone who works out regularly, don't choose your vacation as the time to start. Working out can lead to body fatigue and exhaustion and things like that. And you don't want to be spending your entire vacation sitting in bed because you overdid it at the gym or because you decided to take up running and dehydrated yourself on a mile long run. 
wait until you get home to start some new routines. But while you're on vacation, you can do little things like light walking is great or little weights and things like that. Nothing that will be too strenuous on your body and that your body will have to recover from and get used to in a way that wouldn't be normal for it. So the next thing that I want to talk about with you all is food. Food plays a giant role when it comes to life on the road. Obviously, food plays a really important role at home too. But when you're on the road, it's a little less predictable than when you're at home making your own meals. One of the things that I need to remember when I go away is that my allergies and sensitivities don't just disappear while I'm on vacation. That means I need to be careful when it comes to what I eat, what I drink, learning things like the main ingredients to some of the foods that may be a specialty wherever you're going is really important beforehand. But we also have the technology now to learn while we're on the road. I love Google Lens. I use it all the time to translate maps and signs. But when I'm at restaurants, I use it to translate menus. I look up what it is that's in those dishes and I can do a lot of research while sitting at the table. If I know that I'm going to be doing a bunch of walking in the afternoon and eggs hurt my stomach, I'm not going to order a dish that is mainly eggs before going on that walk. I'm going to eat foods that nourish my body and encourage my body to be energized. Things like fruits and vegetables. Another really great way to use something like Google when you're dealing with food on the road is to find the translations for all the foods that you may be allergic to or sensitive to so that you can talk to your server about that. Sometimes it's really hard to communicate in another language if you don't know it. I would say prepare in advance and make sure that you know all the proper terms for the things that you have to avoid. Also the word for allergy in your lo- in the local language and things like that so that you don't have to worry as much when you get to the restaurants and when you're out and doing things. If food is something that is a big stressor to you, I would encourage you to find a location where you can stay that has a kitchen. A lot of hostels actually have a shared kitchen and a fridge, usually a stove, lots of pans and things like that. If you're worried about the ingredients that are going into your dishes at restaurants, make it yourself. You can still eat a lot of the local food, the local produce and things like that. But when you're cooking, you actually know what's going into it. Something to note when it comes to food on the road is that portion size is going to be different no matter where you go. If you're someone who is from the USA and you're traveling abroad, chances are the portions are going to be much smaller than what you're used to. Uh, Similarly, if you're from somewhere else and you're visiting the States, those portions are going to be a lot bigger. So keep that in mind when you're actually ordering. Try not to overeat or feel like you need to shove all the food down your gullet to get it done. There's nothing worse than food waste and I totally get that. So If you're going somewhere where you know they have big food portions, maybe don't order that appetizer. Or if you're going somewhere where they have really small portions, maybe fill up on two or three appetizers so that you're not leaving the place on an empty stomach still. Something that is worth mentioning is that not all places provide takeout containers. So if you're someone who usually has leftovers or you don't want to leave any food scraps on the table, make sure that you're packing little containers inside your purse or in your bag, your backpack, so that you can take the food that you have left over. I don't usually have that problem. I usually travel with Andrew and he usually finishes off all my food for me. But if you are someone who is a huge proponent of eliminating food waste, this is something that you should really take into consideration when you are packing your bag. All right, so, so far we've covered how to prepare, how to be active, some of the ways to eat healthy while on the road. 
one of the most important things when it comes to your physical health on the road is sleep. Sleeping is so incredibly important. And I think sometimes we actually forget how much of a role it plays in making sure that our bodies and our minds are ready for the day ahead of us. I know it's so tempting to stay up all night, hanging out with your new friends in these places that you've never seen before, drinking the night away, dancing and and exploring. But if you're not getting the rest that you need, it's going to be really, really hard for you to continue to enjoy that. You can probably go a couple days of late nights and early mornings, but eventually it's going to catch up to you real hard. So what can you do? If you are someone who does want to stay out late, maybe don't plan your activities early in the morning. Try to give yourself a little bit of sleep in time. Or if you're someone who likes naps, like me, you can always nap in the afternoon, especially if you're going to somewhere hot like Thailand, Vietnam, Mexico, things like that. In the middle of the afternoon, around one or two o'clock, it gets so hot that it almost feels unbearable to do things. And that's the perfect opportunity to take a nap. Save your exploring for the mornings and the evenings where it's not as warm, it's not so bright, you're less likely to get a sunburn and things like that, which reminds me, wear your sunscreen. (laughs) Some cultures actually have that built into their way of life, having the afternoon naps, which is really great. So, I mean, when in Rome... (laughs) The important thing with this is that everything is still going to be there when you wake up. Yeah, you may have to plan around when things are open and when things are closed, but you can always nap around those. If you're not much of a napper or you have trouble napping in the middle of the afternoon when it's bright out, maybe you should invest in something like a face mask or earbuds that you can play white noise on or things like that. Things that will help you get to sleep a little bit faster. Also, try not to load up on caffeine if you plan on sleeping for the afternoon. So I've kind of covered most of the basics when it comes to your physical health, but another really, really important part of your overall health while on vacation is your emotional and mental health. Now, I know you've probably heard a lot about culture shock, and it seems like a weird concept until you're actually in a new place, experiencing new sights, smells, and a way of life. It can hit really, really hard. The way that I deal with culture shock when I'm on the road is I write about it. I journal. I journal on the road because I want to remember things. I write down what I did, what I had for breakfast, how my trip was, funny anecdotes that happen. But it's also a really great way to kind of sort through any of the things that may be weighing on your mind about the current situation, about the people that you're seeing, about the living conditions that you're seeing. A lot of times, there's nothing you can do immediately while you're on the road to help or to make an impact. But knowing that it exists, seeing it and being able to think about it critically can actually help you when you get home. Something else that may be hard on people if you're not used to it is traveling alone. I usually travel with Andrew and so I'm not super lonely. But if you are someone who is taking your first trip abroad and you are doing it alone, it can be really, really alienating. Sometimes it's hard to make friends, especially as an adult. And it's hard to put yourself out there and into the situations where you can meet other people and other travelers who are doing the same thing that you are. If you love your own company, you can just occupy your own time and you are perfectly content being alone. This doesn't apply to you. But if you're someone who thrives around people and who wants to be involved and doing things and meeting people, then I think it's really, really important to think about what would make you the happiest 
while you're traveling? Is that communicating with your friends back home and telling them about your travels? Or is it going out and making new friends? It can be a little bit different for everyone. I'm probably a mixture of both, especially I know when I didn't travel with Andrew, I always wanted to talk to him at the end of the day and tell him all of the exciting things that I did and saw. But I also love getting out there and I love talking to people and meeting people and learning about where they're from, what they do, things like that. That just fills my soul with so much happiness. If you're staying at somewhere like a hostel, there's probably a lot of opportunities to meet other travelers. There are a lot of common spaces. Like I said, sometimes you even share a kitchen. Um, You may have just a chill room with books and TVs and things like that. That's a great place to meet people. But if you can't, or if you're not staying at a hostel or something like that, online groups are a great way to get connected with people. Again, mental health is super important when you're on the road. And I have done a whole episode on it. So if you want to go and check that out, that's episode five. I talk about some of the experiences that I've had on the road, things that have gone well, things that have not gone well. I talk a lot about how I prepare as well as how Andrew helps to diffuse the situation and helps care for me while I'm having things like anxiety attacks. So check that out if you're interested. But we've made it to the end. My last tip for you regarding your health on the road is to drink water. It is so hard to remember to drink water when you are in a country with a bunch of cool new beers or cocktails or really, really cheap wine. I know that drinking water can be super hard, especially if you're in a country where they don't have the cleanest drinking water. So if you're not going to somewhere like Canada, the US or somewhere in Europe, they may not have tap ready drinkable water. Drinking water is essential on those hot days in those hot countries. I spent so much money on plastic bottles that I ended up throwing in the trash and adding to the collective garbage pile that is constantly building in some of these countries. And so make sure that you are doing your part as a global citizen to reduce your waste while you're traveling. My number one piece of advice when it comes to that is finding a really good water purification tool, whether that's a life straw or something like a grail water bottle that helps to press out all the bacteria. Water is so important. It's not only going to help your muscles recover after those long days of walking and walking and walking and seeing all the tourist destinations, but it's also going to make your skin look a lot healthier. And no one wants to be posting throwback Thursday pictures from now until your next vacation of you with dry skin. You want to be happy in your vacation glow with your fresh faced skin because you are well hydrated, you are sleeping well, you are eating well, and overall your health is a priority instead of taking the back seat while on vacation. I know that's a lot, especially when you're actually on the road. It's really, really easy to forget little pieces here and there and forget about your health altogether. But this isn't about being skinny or fit or anything like that. This is really about feeling good while you're traveling so that you can make the most of the time that you are spending away. You may eventually forget the things that you did on vacation. But if you're anything like me, you will never forget the things that you didn't get to do because you weren't feeling well enough to do them while on vacation. Thank you so much for listening to episode 19. If you haven't done it already, make sure to come say hi on Facebook or Instagram at Kayla on the road, or check me out on Twitch at Kayla on the couch. And don't forget to subscribe so that all of the new episodes can be delivered right to your favorite podcast listening device. If you have any questions, make sure to hit me up. Maybe I'll answer them on the show sometime and happy planning. I cannot wait to see you on the road soon.